What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is free and available on all major recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week, depending upon content. Uh, today's podcast is going to be a pretty much of a doozy. I got a recap on everything that happened this weekend. Obviously, we started out college football this weekend. Good performances by both colleges. A great Mariners homestand, a couple Seahawks notes, some story information, and uh, updates upon what happened from yesterday's game. That was an epic game, especially at the end of that game. And uh, with that being said, if you guys enjoyed the overall show, please do me a favor and subscribe and leave a rating on the podcast. All that really helps me out a ton. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Labor Day weekend holiday day. Hope you, if you are working, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen to my podcast. And thanks for going out and getting the work done that everybody else appreciates. Uh, let's just get right into it. If this is your first time listening, we have a basic uh, overall structure of how this podcast goes. I start out with an around the world section that's going to cover pretty much all of the major headliners throughout like your Bleacher Report, ESPN, Yahoo, uh, Twitter, stuff like that, timelines, all that good jazz. And then we hop to uh, Storm uh, currently, obviously now that we're in the playoff hunt. We have Mariners, Seahawks, and then now that we are in college football season, I'm bringing in the additions of both Huskies and Cougs to a uh, weekly once per show uh, or once show per week updates when after the post-weekend events that happened throughout college football. With that being said, around the world, let's get straight into it, shall we? Cowboys signed offensive tackle Jason Peters. This is not overly, uh, not a big move, but a needed move for the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, their tackle, uh, starting or star tackle, is dealing with a bit of a long-term injury right now. And unfortunately, they need all hands on deck. And Jason Peters is a savvy, solid vet who's going to bring a lot of experience to that offensive line until Tyron Smith returns. And then I want to talk about something for a couple of minutes here uh, in Around the World, and then we're going to keep on that section until we're done, uh, and we'll hop into the next uh, next little article for you guys here. Trey Lance is, quote, a little annoyed about how the San Francisco 49ers decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and how all of this played out in the end. Now, I know, so as myself, I'm going to preface this saying, obviously, I am a Seattle Seahawks fan. For most of, for a lot of you who listen to it, or listen to this podcast, excuse me, you are Seahawks fans. And for that, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day and listening to my podcast. But, uh, look, I just want to say what this is. This is a clown show, what the San Francisco 49ers are doing. And now some people are going to say, no, no, he's just a homer. He's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a Seahawks fan. He's jealous or sad that they didn't get Jimmy G. Yeah, you're damn right. I'm sad we didn't get Jimmy G. Because I have to, I'm sitting here looking like, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns before they got Baker Mayfield or the Denver Broncos. I hate to use, to use this analogy before they got Russell Wilson. There's no quarterback. There's no, Geno Smith is not going to do anything good for us this year. Drew Locke doesn't even know if it's Lil Wayne or Yeezy for rap songs that he dances to on, 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 the, on the sidelines. And I know that I'm taking cheap shots right now. I don't really care. Like, this is, this is obvious. Drew Locke doesn't have the mindset to play starting quarterback in the NFL. He makes too many stupid choices. The ball always finds the hands of the wrong guy unless it takes an act, a miracle of God, for the ball to find into the right hands. Even when you have receivers like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, arguably one of the top, I'd say the top five duo of wide receivers in football. 
you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, the, the list goes on, right? But the fact that you're that the quarterback, Trey Lance, that the San Francisco 49ers traded a massive haul of draft picks to bring in as the starting quarterback after they lost out on trying to acquire Patrick Mahomes, which is a factual report. It is not just smoke. It is an actual report from The Athletic that they have failed to go out and get Patrick Mahomes because the Kansas City Chiefs jumped ahead of them. So, the reason why I'm talking about all of this is quite simple. The San Francisco 49ers don't know what the hell they want to do with their organization right now. You have Bosa. You go out and sign, uh, you go out and extend Debo Samuel. You cut Trey Sermon, who, uh, for all accounts, was supposed to be like the next future running back, but he was too banged up. Another waste of a third-round pick by the Niners, right? Not saying that the Seahawks don't make mistakes. Obviously, that they do. Uh, Malik McDowell, huge, colossal bust. Marquise Blair, LJ Collier, list goes on. I'm not going to get into that conversation, right? But what I want to talk about specifically is that they gave all this capital for Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be the most perfect, prototypical quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's offense and la, 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 la. Really? Because last time I checked, Trey Lance hasn't started one game in the National Football League, hasn't thrown over 20 attempts in any game in the National Football League, regardless if it's a blowout. You played him in packages that were like were like a wildcat system where he was a running back. Who do you think he is, Robert Griffin? I'm sorry. Kyle Shanahan, weren't you in Washington when you had Robert RG3 and then you blew him out? His whole knee went to crap. And then the next thing you know, you lost out on a generational talent who won the Heisman Trophy. Huh. Hmm. Right. And then, oh, well, we're just not quite sure what we have in Trey Lance. But yet, oh, no, we dedicated at the beginning of this offseason to Trey Lance. We promised him that the team is his and the offense is his and all this stuff. But don't worry. Uh... You know, I, we know that you're with, you know, I'm going to make an analogy. You know, Trey, we know that you're dating this, be, this beautiful woman, right? She's coming, to the, she's coming to the facility. She's nice to everybody. She's got the perfect, you know, mentality, the mantra, the, the charisma, the per, la, 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 right? But don't worry, because, you know, we like your ex just as much, Trey. And if you don't mind, we're just going to keep her in the same house that you guys live in, just inside the basement. And no, no. You, you signed all this money to Jimmy Garoppolo because you're unsure and that you po- you possibly made a massive mistake in drafting Trey Lance because you have no physical proof whether or not Trey Lance is going to work in the National Football League. That is a fact. Complete fact. Jimmy Garoppolo was a drop pass away from going to his back-to-back Super Bowls. That is a, also a fact. If Jarquiski Tart, whatever his name was, doesn't drop a blatantly wide open interception, the game's over, they go back to the Super Bowl. So, I, this is another example as to why the Niners are just so, they will not physically admit, or publicly admit, excuse me, that they made a huge mistake. Because if they did that, it's admitting the dirty laundry all over the entire NFL world that yeah, maybe we should have drafted Justin Fields. Yeah, maybe we should have went with Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance. When Trey Lance had started like 16 or something total games in college. Granted, it was because of COVID. La, 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 whatever. I don't give a crap. These are the facts about Trey Lance. 
He had one season in college to play. He played behind Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has not amounted to anything in his entire career. So we'll say, oh, it's just because of his injury-prone stuff. Yeah, no. Nah, not biting it. Carson Wentz, quite simp- quite frankly, and quite simply also, is a mediocre quarterback. Is Carson Wentz better than Geno Smith and Drew Locke? Yeah. You want to know why? Because he's a starting-level quarterback, but he's mediocre, you know? I put him slightly above somebody like a Mitch Trubisky or a heck... I'm trying to like think of other names. I'm coming up with duds right now because I'm all over the place mentally. But you know, like you know, Carson Wentz is anything flashy to write about. You know, he's really not. And then look at the Seahawks. You know, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. If you're Carson Wentz here, I wouldn't feel any better. I just wouldn't. You know, I know I'm going on this weird, weird rant thing here, and I know that some people like him, some people don't. I apologize. But this is if I'm Trey Lance. You get that. You get Jimmy the hell out of town. Because I can't focus, fully focus, on my first year in the league starting. When the moment I do something bad, all the Niners fans are going to want Jimmy Garoppolo, not Trey Lance. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson practiced today, giving him a small shot to play Sunday. Uh, there's no current updates past that as of as of I know. I just checked this about 20 minutes ago on the Jets Bleacher Report feeds. Looks like he practiced. Looks like he did some good movements. Uh, moved around well. Didn't have many or physical limitations after his knee cleanup injury after the week one game. But this is just something to watch considering I think their backup is Joe Flacco for the Jets. And obviously Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson's a big drop off. But with that being said, uh, fingers crossed because I'm a big Zach Wilson fan and I really would like the Jets to be good like they used to be in the days of Mark Sanchez and uh, whatever that, uh, Ryan, I can't, I'm so, I'm sorry, I got, I'm so scatterbrained today. But, excuse me, there was just a little bit of a little hiccup there. Anyways, uh, covered the Jets, Yankees outfielder Andrew Benintendi who they acquired from the Kansas City Royals during the trade deadline has a broken wrist and will require surgery Another just sad moment for the Yankees. And excuse me and apologize. I'm not going to say sorry for what's going on for you guys, for the Yankees. You guys have the most toxic fans in all of baseball. And I really don't give a crap what anybody has to say about it. Dylan Cease loses, uh, lost his no-hitter in the ninth inning the other day versus Luis Arias. Recorded a hit with two outs. Unfortunately, that was the the co-stream that was going on while the Mariners were playing the Indians on Fox. Dylan Cease has had just truly a tremendous year for the for the White Sox, going 13 and 6 for the record, 2.13 ERA, 156 innings pitched to 197 strikeouts. This guy is by far in the uh, race for the Cy Young, but ultimately I think that will go down between Justin Verlander. I know Shane McClanahan has got shut down for uh, an arm issue. So we'll see if anything uh, comes up out of that. Uh, but Dylan Cease possibly can vault himself into the next level or the next uh, next person in that line or in that list of people for Cy Young. But right now, it's still Justin Verlander's t- t- to lose, even with him having a calf injury. Okay, so Around the World is done. Wow, that was a much low, considerably longer than what I usually do. It's usually about a five to eight minute segment. Today, we're about almost 12. So Seattle Storm, unfortunately, lost game three yesterday, 110-98 uh, to the Las Vegas Aces. Brianna Stewart went, uh, recorded 20 points, 9-19 from the field. Sue Bird at 17 points. Jewel Lloyd, 17 points, 6-20 of 20 from the field. Quite frankly, ladies, you just got to shoot better. 
Uh, I know it's easier to say, obviously, if you're just sitting in a chair talking into a mic than going on actually, actually performing it on a professional stage with, you know, national television. But it's got to find a way to shoot more efficiently from the field if you're going to beat Las Vegas Aces. It was a, an incredible moment. My Sue Bird hit that <laughs> so clutch three. Unbelievable, her ability to hit in big moments. But unfortunately, it was kind of a little, uh, you know, a little too late. The Aces were able to just kind of run away with it in overtime. And that was that. Game four will be tomorrow, 7 p.m. on ESPN2 for all those who are interested or wanting to pay or tune in for tomorrow's game, as it is obviously a must-win or go-home scenario for the Seattle Storm. Seattle Mariners, I uh, got a fair amount of Mariners today. Mariners obviously sweep the road trip, 6-0. Pitching continues to carry this team, which has been pretty much the caveat that we've talked about all season. Robbie Ray, the addition of Luis Castillo, El, El Pedro. Uh, has been absolutely sensational. George Kirby is taking leaps and bounds every single time he goes out there and gets on the bump and takes the t- t- takes the mound. Logan Gilbert's looking a little bit better lately. They said they did some work with his slider uh, in between starts, which I was really pleased to see because I've been hammering about this for seems like weeks on end that Logan Gilbert needs to find a way to use his secondary pitches more efficiently so therefore the fastball plays up and plays better Especially we're in the middle of a playoff push. Ty France is continuing to heat up. God bless you, Ty France. We needed Ty France so, so bad right now. When you have a red-hot Ty France like we've got right now, Julio continues to punish baseballs. Mitch is just simply being Mitch. It's just going to make the team, or the Mariners team, just that much more dangerous as we finish off these last 25-plus games of the season. Uh, pitching matchup will be coming up here in a few minutes. I'll get into that when we get to that. But I just want to have a conversation for a quick minute about yesterday's fiasco of a game. Like, I don't want to label anything otherwise because it was just weird from beginning to end, right? Why doesn't Progressive Field have a retractable roof, right? Rain is a consistent issue, like, throughout the early and late, early and late months in the city of Cleveland when it comes to baseball. Seems like we're dealing with rain there all the time. The Mariners go there. If you're Cleveland and it rains and it snows and it's windy and it's nasty and your team's actually a pretty solid team. You got a fair amount of money coming into that into that town. The Cleveland Cavaliers obviously just traded for uh, Donovan Mitchell. So like the city's making money. That's not a problem. The Cleveland Guardians are making plenty of revenue. They are, they're playing well above expectations this year. Josh Nellis is having a career year this year for them. Shane Bieber's working his way back from Cy Young. You have all of the ability in the world to put some money into your stadium that, quite frankly, looks old and dated. It just does. I'm not trying to throw, sl- uh, throw, like, throw shade. I'm not trying to throw slander. But you are a professional baseball team. And now... When this comes down to a playoff hunt, which they're playing on a very tight race, the Guardians, White Sox, and Twins in the AL Central are in a tight playoff race right now. You think that you would want to have a roof over your ballpark. So therefore, you don't get your days or your travel days mixed up with having to stay out here for, you know, I think it was like a 10-hour game yesterday or something. Started at noon and then didn't get over till like 11 o'clock or something. I saw something from Ryan Divish. He was insane the day that these guys put in. Props to all of the media members on both sides, both teams. It's a hell of a long day. But just figure out a way to get a stupid roof in your ballpark. I don't care if it costs you a couple hundred million if you got to like revamp some stuff in the offseason or something. It needs to happen. Because Cleveland is a very good baseball team in a very good baseball city. 
and I would just like for that to happen and see come to uh, come to fruition earlier versus later. So this kind of events doesn't happen again, especially during this time of the year when everybody's tired, everybody's beat up, everybody's really looking and counting on on those off days. And now you don't have it nearly as much as which as much as what you would like to. Let's see here. Competition for rookie of the year between Julio and Ali Rutschman simply comes down to metrics and standings, I believe. If I'm uh just simply just I'm still trying to keep this unbiased, but it's pretty hard when you have a player like Julio Rodriguez. Julio should be winning or should win rookie of the year. But the stories of Julio's Mariners and Ali Rutschman's Orioles have really made an incredibly fun year and just packed full of storylines for for Major League Baseball which is just desperately needed to happen because people get tired of hearing about the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, the Astros, uh, you know, just the main teams you hear about every single year. Like some people say about the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are just a really good run organization. Great. I shouldn't say good. They're great, great organization. Uh, you know, they're, they're I think they're the probably the best respectable baseball organization besides for the Dodgers in baseball right now. I just do. That's my own personal opinion. I love the Cardinals. I've always been a Cardinals fan. So, it's kind of a weird, random side note tangent there. George George Kirby won AL Rookie of the Month. His new two-seam fastball and slider has really evolved his game, really pushing it to the next tier level. Uh, we're seeing the fastball just running all over the place. The slider has got a little less velo, a little more sweep to it. He was kind of throwing more of a power slider than what he was uh, now, excuse me, or what he was used to be throwing. Uh, power slider used to be about 87 plus miles an hour. Now it's about 84, 85. It's got a really nice sweeping motion to it. I love what he's doing. Kind of taking that fastball off of Robbie Ray with that running two seam because he's seen obviously what it's done for Robbie. And George Kirby is a very smart, hardworking incredibly talented young man and having somebody like him when I was talking about this rotation leading us and carrying us when you have a rotation that goes Castillo Ray Gilbert Kirby or you can go Kirby Gilbert whatever you want to you know put the order as that's one hell of a four-man rotation to build around especially for the upcoming offseason when you're gonna have plenty of money to spend the marriage are going to be an extremely attractable uh, off-season team for lots of for upcoming free agents. I'm super excited for this. Uh, fun stat for you guys. Uh, it seems like I talk about this all the bloody time. I want to talk about this again. Since falling 10 games under 500 at 29 and 39, the Mariners are 47 and 19 over the last 66 games. This is on pace to win 96 games, second most wins in franchise history, obviously behind the magical 116 season. Today's pitching matchup is going to be Marco Gonzalez versus Lance Lynn. This will be at home. First pitch, I do believe, will be at 645 or 610 today, excuse me. So, uh, should be a great matchup today. Lance Lynn has struggled throughout the year, posting a high 4 ERA. Marco Gonzalez, 10-12 and 12 on the year with a 3.85 ERA. Seahawks, uh, a couple of small, small things up here. And then we're going to hop into the college football. And then we're going to hop out for the day. Seahawks, uh, see here. Panthers signed uh, safety Marquise Blair to their practice squad today. Bleacher Reports, NFL Power Rankings came out today also, putting the Seattle Seahawks at last at 32nd. I think this is a bit of an exaggeration, myself personally. Worse than teams such as the Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, Houston Texans, New York Jets, and New York Giants. Uh, and I understand that because we don't have a, you know, a decent quarterback situation here that we're at 32nd. I totally get it. But when you have players like Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Jordan Brooks, DK Metcalf, Tyrell Lockett, the list goes down, right? Rashad Penny, whoever believes he, who, who he can stay healthy throughout the whole season. Um, I think this is a, an exaggeration. I think that re realistically, I would put 
The Bears at worst, Atlanta at 30, Seahawks at 29, and then, you know, like between, and then Houston also, the Jets, Giants. There's, I mean, I just think this is a very odd uh, listing here. I don't agree with much of anything with it, but that's just my own personal opinion. Congratulations to Tyler Lockett for being honored and to being inducted in the Kansas State's Ring of Honor in 2022. They had a nice uh, video montage for him yesterday. Update finally on Ken Walker is that he has officially returned to practice. There was a shot he uh, he is active and ready to play on Monday Night Football versus the Denver Broncos led by Russell Wilson. Likely to play game two if he's unable to play game one, but all signs are pointing towards him possibly being able to play since he is now one week away from being able to possibly be ready for his NFL debut. Huskies. Beat Kent State 45 to 20. Michael Penix Jr. went 26 of 39 for 345 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. Totaled 525 yards of total offense. Defense forced three turnovers, which is what you want to see against a college and a team like Kent State, who is considerably smaller and less uh, academically and uh, scholarship-wise balanced than the Huskies are, especially with the Huskies getting three stars uh, coming over with Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State. Portland State is coming to Montlake Week 2. So I'm curious and hopeful to see they continue these winning ways for the first two weeks and get the uh, new new regime of Kalen DeBoer and his uh, his squad to get onto the right foot. Cougs won 24 to 17 over the Idaho Vandals also on Saturday. Cam Ward quarterback 25 of 40 for 215 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Watson, the running back, 18 carries, 117 yards, no touchdowns. Recorded six sacks. Uh, the, the Cougars did versus the Idaho Vandals. I'm not sure if that is, was more about the defensive uh, alignment and the overall scheme versus the overall ability and players that the Idaho Vandals were bringing as far as, as the offensive line goes. Going uh, to uh, see here, but I want to give a little bit of a shout out to a player for, for the Cougs. I'm going to do a little bit of research in for this for next podcast. They have a linebacker by last name of Henley. Excuse me if I have that last name or now said his last name wrong. Recorded seven total tackles. Two tackles for loss, one sack, and an interception. And obviously a very um, promising and great day for the young man. Cougars are going to have a tough week two schedule. They're going to Madison for weeks two game versus the University of Wisconsin in Wisconsin. This is going to be a tough battle test for the Cougs. Uh, I'm not going to get into, into predictions yet. We will probably get into that on Friday's podcast before we get into the weekend and all, all that good jazz. And with that being said, that's going to be today's podcast. If you guys enjoyed today's podcast, please do me a favor. And uh, just if you guys are new to the channel or kind of on the fence, if you enjoy it, please subscribe and leave a rating. The, the subscribers and the uh, ratings really help me out with all my metrics and my algorithms and all that good jazz. And also, if you don't mind, uh, I know this is a lot to ask them sometimes. If you could simply share this podcast on the three black tabs on down below, you can see copy link or something like that. Just any any platform would be really appreciated. I'm just trying to get this podcast to grow and build. I am still in the works of finalizing my sponsorship. However, I'm still in the process of looking for others as well. So if you are a, happen to be a local business owner within the, I don't, I don't care if you live in Silverdale, Bremerton, 
up north, Mount Vernon, Burlington, or anywhere, just nationwide. I am really looking for a sponsor for this podcast. It would help me out tremendously as I'm trying to upgrade some of my equipment and all that good jazz. But with that being said, hope you guys have a wonderful Labor Day holiday weekend and day in general. Mariners, see us rise. Hawks, go Hawks and storm us. Hopefully we can get a dub tomorrow. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a fantastic day.